Hello and welcome everybody to the seventh episode of the Anti Shuffle Podcast, your local rock and metal podcast coming at you from Saudi. Mansoor is back this week. Hey, <laughs> standing ovation. <laughs> and not a moment too soon. I mean, Ace, thank you so much for subbing in. But yeah. if I have to listen to another power metal record. Many thanks to Ace for, for, for filling in last week and and mostly for, for trolling Abdullah by making him listen to <laughs> yeah. amazing power metal. Oh, my God. No, but, uh, but yeah, I know I kid and we say like, oh, you know, power metal, whatever. It's like really Ace, you know, he was a champ for jumping in and subbing in for Mansoor. Uh, obviously, you know, we would love to have him again, and uh, hopefully we will at some point. And hopefully with less power, maybe with more power metal. Maybe, that, <laughs> maybe that's what we need, a little bit of more power metal in this podcast, or not. Hopefully not. In any case, uh, welcome back, Mansoor. It's good to have you again. Thank you. you. Uh, uh, man, yeah, I think you missed out on a few uh, releases here and there. The, the new Poopoo Slicer wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. You should uh, the new poopoo slicer. You should you should give it a listen. <laughs> oh God, you guys! Yeah, I'm gonna hold that against you for forever. But um, uh, but yeah. So uh, listen, we have a lot to go through. I always say this every week that we have a lot to go through. But honestly, this week we have so much music and a main topic, and there's a lot of like local releases this week, and there's so much of them that we couldn't fit them in today's episode. So I guess mm-hmm. some of them will leak and bleed into the next episode yeah. uh but in any case um um we're gonna quickly go through some news we have some news from black sabbath some really funny news from metallica uh when it comes to music Mansoor, like very quickly let's see what are some of the highlights from the from the music reviews that we're going to be doing today yeah i guess we got uh new music from what was it uh the creeping death queens of the stone age king gizzard and lizard wizard and many 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 others yeah, looking forward to that. A lot of local uh, bands as well. Um, and then we have uh, Mansoor. Mansoor did something really interesting, and I'm really looking forward uh, to to the main topic today. Um, uh, uh, we're we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how uh, music festivals these days are, you know, the state of the general state of music festival and how it's running on legacy acts and using the nostalgia factor, I guess, to um, make sales. Uh, but that's it for the intro. Let's kick it into the news immediately. All right, first piece of news here. Um, uh, this was shared by Mansoor, actually. Uh, apparently, Black Sabbath are saying that there's a possibility that they're not going to be performing anymore. And with an appropriate, as if there's a, a more appropriate name. For, <laughs> I honestly, when I was reading this title, I thought <laughs> I thought there was a troll that they were calling him Geezer. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, he's uh, he's been known as Geezer since. Um, I know, but I know, but like, I don't really pay like, the, with the exception of a few bands here there, I don't really pay attention much to the names of members, right? Yeah. But like, when I was reading this, I was like, are they like making fun of him, calling him Geezer because he's old? <laughs> He's but anyways, it's very appropriate. <laughs> very appropriate. Geezer, Geezer is saying that his Geezer band is not going to be performing anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, basically, I mean, the last Sabbath tour was supposed to be a, a farewell tour. And I don't know why people insist on them coming back. I mean, it was a farewell tour. And yeah. honestly, just 
put it to rest. I mean, he's he's saying here, I'm going to be 74 next month. The others are in their mid-70s. So, it's, you know, it, it, the whole thing takes a toll on your body and all of that. Yeah. So it's just like, come on, guys. I mean, they've done enough for music. They've uh, pretty much arguably invented the genre. So they've been going at it for such That's a long true. time. So, I mean, it's time to move on. I, I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan. I love their music and everything. I've seen them live on that tour. But now it's just time to move on. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, but there's something to be said. I know I agree with you completely, 100%. Like, خلاص, you know, they're really, like, at this age now. But, um, but, but like, to this day, Black Sabbath riffs are still, like, some of the kind of best riffs. And they still inspire, like, this new generation of, of bands, like, in the sludge and kind of, like, slower, doomy stuff. And even like there's brands like Does It Doom that still kind of use the imagery of, of 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 that kind of uh, of that music and the band to kind of promote themselves and things like that. But um, but there's yeah. Speaking of that, like that's yeah. The only thing I would say is that I would really love to see Tony Iommi live. I would really like to see him perform live or play live or do any of his side projects or something. Man, that guy is his riffs are simple, but like there's it's it's. It has like impact, you know. Yeah, I mean uh, Tony Iommi, man, uh, the guy single-handedly invented a, a riffing style that nobody yeah. was doing at the time, you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's just a great guy, great, great guitarist. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, uh, time to move on. Basically. Yeah, time to move on, and time to move on from this news into the next one here. I thought I found I found this kind of endearing. I just loved the title. You know, Metallica got noise complaint at the festival. Is this, Danny, something serious or is just some kind of someone like just complained and they're, you know, just blowing it out of proportion? What's happening here? Well, apparently some some of the residents of that town where download uh, takes place, usually, I think it's Donington or something like that. Uh, they've filed complaints apparently against Metallica uh because i don't know why it, it was too loud for them i'm I'm a bit surprised considering how uh, the, i mean download festival has been going on for ages now that yeah. location that specific you know town or areas you know it's been known to to accommodate that festival for since the the 80s back when it was monsters of rock or something like that um and you know apparently some neighbors decided to to they've had enough to file a complaint against after, Metallica. after 40 years they've had enough of Lars snared sound and uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah he probably he probably played some saint anger stuff yeah Unlo- <laughs> unlock the snare tong 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 he's like oh no <laughs> noise complaint stop it <laughs> i'll tell you a controversial opinion though i actually dig that snare sound i mean it's a pretty like um, old school it's an old school death metal like sound that's why i dig the, the sound of it i didn't like the album itself was obviously like vapid it's it, ha- it has no it has no uh value at all but like the the sound itself is pretty dope <laughs> oh my god but, but is um, it the, the right sound for metallica i don't exactly it's no no it's not, it's that's what i'm saying like it's probably like it's it's definitely not but like that sound is pretty dope like you hear it you hear it a lot like in in kind of old school kind of like death metal bands and uh, you know hardcore maybe a bit mm. but um but I, I get the sense that this happens every year i don't know why i have a feeling that this happens every year and they just wanted to kind of 
post a piece of news about it. I'm sure every year someone complains, sends a complaint about, <laughs> about Download Festival being too loud. Yeah. And it's I mean, interesting, it's specifically Metallica, but yeah, in any case. All right. Um, yeah, that's it for news. Let's get into some music, man. We have so much stuff to talk about here that's amazing. So let's get into some music, baby. <laughs> All right, Mansoor. First up here, we got Frozen Soul. This is uh, a record that was uh, recommended by you. Um, mm-hmm. I dug this record. Um, it's uh, it plays it pretty straight with the kind of the old school or kind of the whatever the death metal kind of influences uh, uh, and sound. Um, uh, there are some interesting also appearances in this uh, in this album like i i there's a song featuring matt heafy from trivium that, yeah. that i thought that was interesting and, and and kind of endearing as well uh but otherwise like listen like i i you know the record didn't blow me away by all means like i didn't find it like the most amazing and impressive you know death metal album uh that i've heard of recent time uh but but it was a really enjoyable listen like if you're someone who's really deep into um, that genre and you, that's the genre, the kind of thing that you listen to. This is really, you can't go wrong with this. It's pretty enjoyable, solidly written. It so, sounds great. Uh, the riffs are pretty intense and really cool and really groovy and really interesting. Um, I didn't like nothing in this album stood out as like kind of a negative other than really like it's, it doesn't really break any new grounds, right? It's uh, it's not something. Um, it's not like you know, for me, like bands like and Death and Senegwazik Bog and 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 um, uh, and another album that we're going to talk about now, right now, Creeping Death and st- stuff like that, that does this, you know, maybe a little bit better for me. But um, otherwise, overall, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. But you know, am I going to listen to it again? Probably not. I don't know. Yeah, same here. I mean, it's it's a it's a fun listen. I I really enjoyed it as well. Lots of killer riffs, very much uh, leaning to, uh, towards the old school, uh, straightforward death metal style. Uh, yeah, I mean, since the sound it's produced pretty well. Apparently, Matt Heafy co-produced this album with the oh, okay. with them or something like that. So yeah, I mean, it's it's just a, a fun album to to listen to if you're into like that sort of uh pro that old school approach to to death metal yeah i i really like the the fact that they have this theme going on it's apparently this ice kind of theme the name of the band is frozen soul obviously and the the album's glacial domination the previous (laughs) (laughs) the previous album was called crypt of ice Uh, (laughs) so they have this theme where they, that's you know lyrically i think as well that where apparently the uh, freezing temperatures uh, somehow uh, and death and all that stuff so that's yeah. a, i think that's a pity maybe a new approach if you want i know it's cool it's cool to have like a theme right it's cool to have like a <laughs> kind of an idea and a theme to stick to you know but i don't know if that's kind of creatively eventually will kind of put you in a corner but but it's fun it's fun to have that i guess and keep going with it you know let's yeah. see let's see let's see if they decide to switch themes you know like down the line of the career and become fire you know <laughs> <laughs> they're sticking with like ice <laughs> yeah they're not gonna be frozen soul anymore 
But uh, anyways, yeah, enjoyable listen. If you're really into old school death metal and like with a modern sound or modern death metal or whatever, uh, you know, uh, go listen to this. It's not it's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. Um, in any case, moving on. Next record we have here, Royal Thunder, uh, Rebuilding the Mountain. So Royal Thunder is one of those bands that I always really wanted to get into. Every time I've heard any of their song or like a record or whatever, I just always found it too... Uh, it's too old too old school rock sounding or old school like um it's trying to like harken back to that old school sound like i found it a bit too try hard um this record is great i enjoyed it dude i i really like this record and i don't know what it is um, or actually no I, I mean i know what it is but i feel that if it wasn't for her vocals I would have found this album to be incredibly bland and I would have probably told you this, I didn't enjoy this record at all. But dude, her vocal performance uh, and her delivery is everything. This, she may, like, I, I hate to sound like I'm disregarding the other talents in this band. I mean, they're all incredible. Like, they, I'm sure they're all great and they write great music and obviously, you know, their ability to write music that, you know, compliments and 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 the compliments are vocals and everything, uh, but dude, the the kind of hooks and the lines and the 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 way that she delivers the the vocals, it's captivating. It's really cool. Um, and I see myself like going back to listen to this again just to get to kind of hear it again and see if there's any like particular songs or uh, if I end up eventually you know wanting to listen to their previous efforts. But really great. So it's uh, for me if it's, if you're a fan of. I don't know. Um, I don't know why, but like I kept thinking of like old school, like uh, Barracuda uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, like bands like, um, uh, uh, no, sorry, not the, 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 the singles Barracuda. What's the name of the band that sings Barracuda? You know, you're, I think you're referring to Heart. Is it Art? The, no, no, dude. What's Heart, their, the band? It's the band Art, right? No, Heart. Heart, yes, thank you. Yeah. Exactly, heart. You, I, I heard you say heart. Yes, heart. So, like, if you're into, if you want a more aggressive, heavier sounding heart, then I think this is kind of, you know, like, is it's exactly that. It's, it's going to fit down your alley. That this kind of music, or this album in particular. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I agree with you. For me, it was uh, the, the singer. Really, she she was the one who stood out the most. Her, I think I believe her name is uh, Minnie Parsons. Uh, she's just she has such a tremendous voice, like a really powerful voice. Strong. I mean, it's uh, you know when you when you come across singers who just she's one of those singers like a Chris Cornell type who's just has really powerful vocals. Sure. Maybe Brandon Boyd and people like Mike Patton, who you can say are, they're just powerful singers and they carry the band with them. Um, she's that type of singer and she's, she's just great. But yeah, I mean, the rest of the band, they're pretty good, um, but they really take a backseat. And I don't mean this in any <laughs> negative way, but they take a backseat to, to their vocals. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, musically... I was kind of hoping for more riffs, honestly. Yeah. I, it's it's just it's too melodic and too psychedelic. Although it's good, but and it's well written. But I I wanted some riffs here and there to just sort of maybe balance things out. Um, but it's a good listen. It's uh, they're they're an int- a fun and exciting exciting band to to check out. Um, 
to me, songs like uh, Fade and Live to Live were the highlights. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I'll go back to, to this album again. Check it out. Maybe For sure. I'll, uh, maybe it'll grow yeah. on me and see. If you're into really catchy rock uh, kind of music that has this old school sound um, of, you know, that harkens back to also like a bit of older times, but with a bit more modern sound and incredible vocal performances, then yeah, please, you know, you have to check out Royal Thunder, this particular record, uh, Rebuilding the Mountain. Um, uh, so yeah, that's it's a great record. Not bad. Uh, moving on. Creeping Death. I've been looking forward to this record, Boundless Domain. Uh, this is a, uh, a record that we've been, actually we've talked about um, uh, the, the, one of the, the, a couple of, the, a couple of their singles, or maybe one, just one of their singles actually, is just what we talked about. Um, in any case, um, Boundless Domain is a fantastic record. Um, uh, if it's a great, I've said this before about the singles they've released. It's a great blend of like death metal and hardcore elements and even like thrash elements to, to a certain extent. Very well produced, great sounding record. Uh, I love the way the drums uh, sound on this. I love the way the guitars sound on this. Um, just overall really tight and really, um, uh, you know, great sounding. Um the only thing I can say that I didn't enjoy about this record, I, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I, if I'm being nitpicky, if I if I if I have to say something, but uh, maybe that I, I've you know maybe for me the highlights were the singles. I think they maybe <laughs> burnt out their cards by releasing those as singles, and then I mean the rest of the record is great. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed every other uh, all the other songs on this record, but I felt like the 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 singles um, that they have released, uh, you know, so far um were the strongest songs uh on this album mm. so boundless so yeah like um vetrified earth and um i think that the last what's the name of the last song on this album the common breed i think that's mm -hmm. the, that's the, the last song on the album but uh, those were like the strongest uh you know performances and songs on, on this record um yeah what, what did you think of it I love this album. I thought it was just great from start to finish. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if there was one dull moment on here. Uh, you know, I, I particularly songs like uh, Creators Turned Into Prey, Intestinal Rap, which features uh, Corpse Grinder from oh, Camp yeah. Corpse, apparently. Yes, yes. Great song. Great, great song. Great, uh, yeah, great performance there, yeah. Yeah, and Cursed, all those songs, I, I, I really... I just I really dig this album. It has that, you know, the, the that old school feel as well, which I really love, um, and some great um, guitar melodies and and solos as well. Yeah. So but this but this album is just a riff fest mostly. I think it's uh, you know the, the riffs really stand out. They don't sound very derivative. Uh, as like most metal does, unfortunately, but this one is just good. This one is just yeah. good. They do a good job. They do a good job of writing stuff that is just like strong riffs, like you said, you know, uh, just fun to listen to, groovy, fast, slow, um, really just well-written all around. And it's really exciting from beginning to end. Really fun to listen to. Just if you're, if you just want a, you know, 
I'm not even going to say if you're into death metal. I'm just going to say if you really want a nice, heavy album to listen to, if you're into heavy metal and you want to listen to a nice, heavy album with like great riffs and just a great sound, um, yeah, you you have to listen to this record. And it's produced by the guitarist from Killswitch Engage, Adam Duckowitz. Um, So, you know, interesting fact there and and a Mm -hmm. very great sound as well. Um, Check out Creeping Death, Boundless Domain. Uh, Next record here. Um, yeah, a little bit of a, a downer for me. Um, uh, so the next one here is Queens of the Stone Age uh, in Times New Roman. Um, I love Queens of the Stone Age. Um, I think we've already talked about, you know, our love for them on this podcast. You know, for me, Era Vulgaris, um, like Clockwork, um, and, um, uh, um, uh, their their earlier records, um, songs for the deaf, uh, stuff like that. All of that stuff, like for me, are really like you know, legendary, important records, and they have some of the best songs you know ever written. But mm-hmm. um, but a- a- ever since after like Clockwork, it's been kind of a hit and miss for me um, with with them. Uh, and I was kind of hoping to kind of get a Queens of the Stone Age that's you know that really knows how to write. You know, you never know what you get. Sometimes you'll get the Queens of the Stone Age that is like that writes like really catchy rock and roll tunes and rock tunes and things like that. And sometimes you'll get like like really dark, really kind of uh, melancholic kind of Queen of the Stone Age, Queens of the Stone Age as well. Mm. In this record, I got none of none of them. It's a great sounding record for sure. It sounds great. I, I really like the way it sounded, but uh, songs are. You know, honestly, I, I couldn't get into any of them. I didn't find them enjoyable. Kind of samey. Uh, I don't know how much I can take of Josh Ohm's, like, this style of writing that he has where he kind of kind of almost, like, moans his way through through the, like, the melodies and things like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Kind of disappointed with it. I, I don't know. What did you think of it? I'm curious. Yeah, I, I wasn't uh, impressed much either by this. Um I thought it was samey in terms of uh, of sound, tempo. I, I was kind of hoping for maybe an up tempo song here and there, but yeah. I mean, it was at a, at the same. Every song was more or less at the same, running at the same tempo, at the same pace. Uh, you get that typical uh, Josh Homme kind of tone throughout. You know that signature sound, which is all right, which is cool. But I, I, I'm missing like uh, you know some grooves and and things like that yeah. here and there. Some good riffs. I kind of understand like if you look at it in context. Yes, he's been through a lot. You know, Josh in the last couple of years he went through a divorce. He apparently he's had cancer uh, and things like that. So there is that sort of uh, uh, you know dark element to it. Uh, there's I, I get the the feel of uh, you know that he's kind of bummed out like he was on like clockwork, but he was trying to move on. That's my, that's the impression I got from, from the lyrics. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there are some good moments here and there, like the song uh, time and place I, or what the people say uh, songs like that. were okay. We're good. But the rest of the album, I don't know. It, it left a lot to be desired, to be honest. Yeah. I was about to say, like, uh, what the people say uh, is, like, the only song that stood out for me. I thought it sounded, it actually sounds decent and it sounds good and it's a well-written song. But, but, but uh, again, yeah, it's not something that's going to make me come back to this record again. You know, kind of disappointing. 
But, you know, we have those old records to listen to. Anyways, yeah. but if you're a big fan of the Queens of the Stone Age, I think, you know, you might really enjoy the, You might enjoy this. So Queens of the Stone Age in times of New Roman. Uh, in times, <laughs> I keep saying of, in times New Roman. Uh, mm -hmm. Check it out. Um, last but not least here. <laughs> dude, this is some album of the year material, material mm -hmm. right here, dude. So this record... <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to say the name of the album because it's, we're going to go into the, the next episode. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so the name of the album, the, the band is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. The name of the record is... Let me just take a deep breath here. Petrodragonic Apocalypse or Dawn of Eternal Night and Annihilation of Planet Earth and the Beginning of Merciless Damnation. Oh, yeah. <sighs> okay, so, uh, dude... I don't know what else to say about this record, as like other than I really loved it. Um, you know, you, you never know what you're gonna get with King Gizzard uh, when they release a new record, and this one is their heaviest, most straight up metal uh, and rock record that they have released. Um, sound wise, as well, they kind of leaned into more of a less of the psychedelic stuff that they've been doing, and like this tapey sounding kind of overly saturated sound. Although it's still there, it still has that like kind of low fi a little taste of that lo fi sound, but it's mm -hmm. done in such a way uh, that is really tasteful and really good. Songs wise, um, dude, the songs are long. It's so interesting how long the songs are on this record. The relatively long. If you're someone who's into listens to prog metal or whatever, you're you know it's probably not that long to you. But relatively long songs, eight minutes, ten minutes songs, stuff like that. Uh, but they don't feel like it. You know, you go through these songs like like nothing. Like you you really enjoy them because of how they're constantly throwing curveballs at you. They're constantly evolving. They're constantly changing, and they're constantly remain interesting. Yeah. And is it just me or am I going crazy? But there are some songs or some parts of these songs and this album that reminds you of Tool a little bit. Yes. I was gonna <laughs> am say I going that. crazy? <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Man, it's insane. It's, it's insane. so cool. And and what's cool about this record is that this band like has been riding the wave of like psychedelic, like using these semi-tonal guitars and like these weird like sounds and madriash, blah, blah, blah. And then like they release this record and they basically like give a masterclass to the metal scene on writing a metal album uh, that is modern, that sounds really great, uh, that does a lot of things good. There's like, there's, there's, there's even some degent elements in this album. There's like mm -hmm. progressive tool stuff on this album. There is a thrashy. It's it's just got everything, and it's a really good, enjoyable listen from beginning to end. Honestly, this is already like in my like this. This is going. I'm telling you from now on. From now, this is going to be a uh, album of the year material. Like I don't know if it's going to be number one, but it's 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 going to be there for sure. Yeah, same here, man. Absolutely. I mean, I I, I came into this album with. I wouldn't say no expectations, but I, I was as soon as I heard they're making another metal album, I was like, hmm, is this going to be Infest the Rat's Nest Part 2 or what? Uh, because that album was uh, more or less a straightforward thrash album. When I heard this one, it's like they decided to, to outdo themselves uh, with heavier songs, more crushing riffs, and but also... Uh, adding all these elements that you mentioned, like the prog elements, the gent elements, all of those things, oh, and psychedelic elements as well. Yeah. It just blew my mind. I love this album. Like It's just good from start to finish. Uh, maybe with 
there's one song on there that I didn't like. I think it was Converge. Uh, but the, <laughs> yeah. the highlight for me was the closing track, which was uh, Flamethrower. Flamethrower, yeah. Been, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Insane. Yes. It's just it's such the a great riff. Track. Yeah. It's just, it's a mosh fest. Like that, that I, I can imagine like this album uh, just translating well live because there are songs that that are meant to be played live with the crowd chanting along like the song uh, Gila Monster and, and Supercell. Those guys, they've cracked the code of metal by doing that, honestly. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's just such a great record and uh, the drumming sounds so good. The, yeah. uh, the, the drumming sounds so good, so good on this record. I love the way it's like kind of like uh, muted and like just um, uh, attacky and very like, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, aggressive and aggressive and like uh, proggy and like very amazing it's just amazing and if you want to listen to them live like mansoor said like there is i actually they they post their performances live on youtube like them performing these songs live and it's as good as whatever you hear on the record you know like it's they're tight performers they're they're great musicians yeah i i really like this record man i don't know what else to say other than i got to see them live actually a few years ago oh really yeah on their nanagon infinity tour and they just blew my mind on, wow. have to go see them live now. I have yeah, to, yeah. I really, I really, this is one of those bands I want to see live so bad. Um, if I have to nitpick, I would say that the vocals can sound samey, but yeah. that's me nitpicking. And at the same time, it's the charm of the, the songs on, the, on this record is the way the vocal delivery is. So, but honestly, it doesn't get, it did not get in the way of my enjoyment of this record at all. Um, great record. Go listen to it. King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. Petra Dragonic Apocalypse or the Dawn of Eternal Light and Annihilation of Planet Earth and the Beginning of Metal's Damnation. <sighs> All right, moving on. I think we're done with the albums here. Let's move on now to the singles. Um, and we're going to kick it off here. Um, all right, I think we're done with the albums here. Let's move on to singles. We're going to kick it off here with probably my favorite release from this week. Uh, we got Knock Loose. Um, they released something called the Upon Loss Singles, which is a, it's like basically two singles. They released two singles and they're calling it the Upon Loss Singles. Um, I love, Knock Loose is like the kind of the, um, they're like the flag bearers of hard modern hardcore right now. They're just so popular and they're doing it so well. Um, and you can see why, because they do it so well and they sound so good. And the music is so groovy and catchy. Uh, while being aggressive and just in your face at the same time, I mean, you know, you know that this band like performed in Coachella, hmm. right? Which is like a bizarre place for a hardcore heavy band like this to be performing, and you literally see like Billie Eilish in the background like bobbing her head, <laughs> listening to Knock Loose, and it's like the most bizarre thing ever. Um, uh, but like that just shows you how good they are at writing hardcore aggressive music. It, that can appeal, I guess, to everyone. I don't know if it appeals to everyone, but whatever. It's like it's it, it's universally um, acclaimed, you know. Um, mm. Two great songs. They did not go with Will Putney on this one. They they've been working a lot with Will Putney, like on their production recently. This one they've worked with someone else. Um, I forget his name now. He has a weird nickname, like Wizard Blood or something like that. But and I'm really happy they did because this sounds 
you know, music aside, it's always been great, but there's just this way this sounds is so in your face and so aggressive. And the thing that stands out to me is the way that kick drum sounds. Uh, there's this one one song, there's a part where you just hear like the 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 kick um the, the kick drum uh going for a while on its own and it's just so clicky and it, it just doesn't sound like a typical kick drum. Um but it just all fits in together well. Anyways, amazing two singles. If you're into hardcore, uh, really, you have to listen to these two songs. Amazing. I love Knock Loose, one of my favorite bands uh, of recent years. Uh, man, I'm going to disappoint you. I, I didn't like this, honestly. Really? I, yeah. I mean, musically, it's good. The band sounds tight. The band, you know, the riffs sound nice and all, the drumming and all, all that. I just can't, can't get past the vocals for some reason. It's mm. just... It's too much to bear, to be honest. It's just, I don't know. He's, he's yeah. definitely a unique vocalist, but it's just, I can't. It's... Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not disappointed at all by that. I mean, I, I've, you know, if, yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I, I was proven wrong. It's not for everyone. <laughs> but in any case, <laughs> it's for everyone except for Mansoor. <laughs> 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 but uh, but yeah. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. If you want if you want to listen to a modern hardcore, two new singles from Knock Loose, the flag bearers of modern hardcore, go check these out. Upon loss, I love these two songs. They're so good. All right, next song we have here is uh, uh, from a local release, um, and by local I really mean local. So it's from Saudi. Um, Deathless anguish. Uh, the song is Call of Demise. So Deathless Anguish is a, you know, a band that's a veteran of the local death metal scene here in Saudi. Um, it's currently led by a gentleman. His name is Kamal. He's also the bassist from Sound of Ruby. Uh, and he also has a side project with Medani that we have recently reviewed or we've reviewed in the past. This 80s uh, sounding kind of uh, 80s sounding project, uh, rock project. In any case, um, Death of Sandwich is back again with a new song that also features Medani. So these guys have been collaborating a lot with each other on different projects. But um, yeah, this is a um, a great example of um, you know of a uh, you know old school influenced modern death metal band. Um, really well written song, very groovy. Um, you know, um, well produced as well. It sounds great. Um, as always, I mean, you know, Kamal has been releasing these songs um, at a rapid pace. I mean, I don't know if I would say rapid pace, but uh, he's been releasing them from time to time rapidly. Um, and they're always great. They're always fun to listen to. They're always catchy. Um, just great overall sound um, and, and, and great writing uh, in general. Highly recommend it um, if you're into, uh, you know, death metal and if you're someone who's as into old school death metal as Kamal is, you know, like stuff like Morbid Angel and and I, I don't know what stuff like that. So um, yeah, give it a listen. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a really cool track. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's uh, as you said, great songwriting, great you know um, melodic metal here. Uh, fantastic musicianship. I mean, the, these guys are are you know as you said, veterans of the scene, they're seasoned musicians, and this really reflects, and uh, you know, on this song, I really, I really dig it. And I'm, I'm really impressed by the, the, the high level of production here. Yeah. Uh, 
So yeah, it's Kamal. I mean, it's on his own. You know, it's kind of impre- it's really impressive that this, he's doing all this on his own, and he's a one man band. You know, he's doing all this on his own. Well, thumbs up to him, man. Really, yeah. really awesome stuff. Yeah, really good awesome. job, Kamal. Yeah, keep it going, man. Like I, it's really enjoyable, and hopefully one day you can get like a band together to 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 perform, to perform these songs live because uh, it's a shame, like if 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 they're not, you know. Uh, in any case, check out Deathless Anguish, Call of Demise. Next song, uh, another, you know, let's say local, regional release, regional, international release. Okay, let's say regional, international release. So Iman is a um, is a artist based out of Bahrain. Or sorry, she's a Bahraini artist that is based out of the UK. She lives in the UK, but she's, you know, she's very close-knitted with the local scene here. She's always collaborating with different people like Dusk, like, you know, Unmuted from Dubai, um, you know. She's always collaborating with the people from the slope from the sea. In any case, she's building up to uh, releasing an EP or a, an album, and uh, she released a single called "Bloodstain." Um, uh, it's you know, it's uh, you know, I, it's a departure from the stuff that I've, I'm used to listening to her do. So because uh, you know everything that I've heard her collaborate on is has been like usually metal or something close related to metal um but her singles are always like she always you know her music is always kind of influenced by you know dare i say it's a lot of industrial sounding a lot of electro sounding kind of heavier electric and industrial sounding music and this song is a bit more on the softer side um uh, and does have that like you know uh, again electronic industrial kind of influence um you know, I, I don't know if this is going to be offensive or, or maybe it's not a good take, but I've, I felt like she's a heavier, like this song is a very heavier emotion heap. <laughs> I don't know if that, if that makes sense. But mm. to me, like that's, you know, she, she, you know, she nailed it. So it's a, it's a great song. It's a, you know, very good, strong vocal performer, uh, as always. Uh, really interesting bass line opening. Um, yeah, cool track. You know, check it out. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's it's a pretty interesting song. I mean, it's not in the metal genre, more in the goth industrial type of yeah. genre. Uh, you know, I like how it starts very uh, minimalistically, and then sort of builds up with you see more elements creeping in, like drum and bass, synth, and you know some industrial elements. Uh, so yeah, if you're into that kind of uh, into that kind of sound do check it out she has a good voice too uh but yeah that i mean i, I don't have anything else to add to it but yeah. just do check it out absolutely check out iman uh bloodstain by iman all right next one here uh we've already checked this band before uh, on 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 the podcast mutoid mm. man um uh, featuring members of cave in featuring <laughs> members of uh <laughs> Are you laughing at the artwork? Oh man, the artwork <laughs> reminds me of South Park in a way. Yeah, it's that. very childish. <laughs> their artwork is always like very weirdly drawn and childish. Oh, anyways, man. featuring members of Converge, the drummer is from Converge, the singer guitarist is from Caven, and the bassist is from High on Fire. Mm-hmm. So, oh, really? uh, cool. yeah, yeah. So it's a they, you know, it's it's a great kind of lineup. Uh, in any case. You know, I'm not going to say much here. It's it's the same. It follows the same theme. It's sound. It's same, it follows the same feel. Mm-hmm. Very aggressive punk sounding drums alongside like very rock sounding vocals and rock sounding riffing. Um, 
Um, you know, I'm not sure so far if I'm really enjoying what I'm listening to so far. I've, you know, enjoyed New Toy Man's songs and, and riffs in the past. And I actually recommend you, Mansoor, to listen to their previous albums. I don't know why. I feel like you would enjoy them. Hmm. You should check them out and, and tell me what, you, what your thoughts are. But so far from what I'm listening to right now, it's okay. Um, you know, let's, um, you know let, let's see when the record comes out, what I'm going to think of it. But uh, yeah, so far, it's all right. It's good. Yeah, I actually enjoyed this a lot. Uh, I thought there was an interesting mix of like classic metal. There's yes. like that classic metal uh, guitar sound without sounding cheesy. Like there's there's a you know classic metal that just sounds really cheesy. Uh, but they they have that uh, musically, but vocally it sounds like the singer could be from like the late '90s or early 2000s. You know that type of vocal style from that era. Yeah. I thought that 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 was an interesting mix. Uh, I'm particularly uh, fond of like the bass line, the bass solo at the end. There's that cool, really bass sound at, towards the end of the track, uh, yeah. which I really like. So yeah, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, and and yeah, that, that's why I felt like you would enjoy them and their previous records because they have this classic rock. But with like these aggressive drums, and maybe that's why it kind of is kind of appealing to me because I like the their aggressive drumming style and mm-hmm. how it's being mixed with like classical sounding drums. And you really hit it on the point with the vocals being like a very '90s thing because Cave In has been like a, you know, a, been an active band for a while, and you know they're very '90s sounding. Like if you go listen to their older stuff and and stuff like it, it is very '90s sounding. So um, I would also recommend checking them out if you really like his vocals. Yeah. Um, Mutoid Man, Siren Song, go check it out. All right. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to butcher the name of this band, the next band that we're going to talk about here. River of Nil, or Nihil, okay? Um, So Rivers of Nil, uh, the song is called The Suborbital Blues. And I always find this band very weird with their naming and their naming convention and things like, I feel like it doesn't fit the serious sound that they have, you know, but in any case, um, I guess, I guess it fits the proggy spacey sounding, uh, song. Right. Um, uh, and this is how I feel about the band's, um, efforts so far. I mean, you know, they've recently released a record called the works before that they had a record that was really enjoyable. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, but, um, but that's how I feel about the band. Basically, I listen to their songs. I really enjoy them. I f- find the technicality of it, the overall song structure, the catchiness, how well it's written, um, how tight it is to be very enjoyable. But I usually end up like, you know, listening to the record once or twice and then moving on and, you know, going back to listening to other stuff that comes out or something like that. Uh, I don't end up revisiting them, which is a shame because they're a really good tight band. Like, I, I feel like I, you know, I, I should be paying more attention to them and listening to them more, you know. And hopefully that will change with this new record or whatever that they decide to release. But, um, uh, but yeah, I'm curious, uh, uh, you know, I'm curious about your thoughts on, on this album. Oh, sorry, on this song, on, on this band. I don't know. I, 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 it didn't do much for me. I thought it was, I mean, the, there's a high level of musicianship, the vocals and, you know, the, the mix of, of death and clean vocals, really uh, also very powerful vocals when he's not, uh, when the singer is not going for the death grunts. Yeah. Uh, but it just, it feels a bit overproduced, honestly. Uh, mm. Like it just, there's it is very polished. going on. It is yeah. very polished. There's, it feels like there's just too much going on for the sake of it. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's just my take on it. Yeah. So, uh, so th- this is one of those bands. I remember Nana, we were making fun of uh, uh, bands that included a lot of uh, uh, saxophone in mm. their music. So this is one of those bands as well that was like, <laughs> they, <laughs> so the, the, the record before the works was called where the owls um, know my name or something like that. Okay. And um, they, they, that, that record has a lot of saxophone in it. So if you, <laughs> if you feel like there's too much going on, then, you know, don't listen to that record. Cause it's on, on top of the too much stuff. There's also saxophone stuff going on. <laughs> But in any case, go if if you're like prog death, I guess I, I don't know. I don't even know where to put them. You know, like progressive yeah. metal, death metal ba- sounding bands. Then you know, actually, Rivers of, of Nail is a great band to listen to. So go check them out uh, if you haven't done so already. Uh, uh, all right, down to our last three here. Let's try to um, let's go through them here. Uh, so Callous Minds. Um, a band also that we've talked about previously. They released a new single called Lonely Paradise. Callous Minds is a uh, band based out of Dubai. Um, previously, um, I, you know, the previous song that they released, I, you know, I found the track overall to be endearing and well-written and all of that, but it wasn't for me. I, I'm, generally speaking, I'm not into this new generation of prog, like what they call prog metal or whatever. Rarely, though. You know, there's bands like Spirit Box, like Era, um, you know, you know, there's a few bands that stand out in my mind that I would actually actively go and listen to. Tesseract, for example, stuff like that. But, um, but uh, uh, you know, this new stuff, like the periphery stuff, and I don't know, I don't enjoy it. But to my surprise, uh, you know, I actually, I really enjoyed this song. Uh, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. It was heavy. It's, it's you know, um, it, it's pretty groovy and, you know, just, um, um, you know, written to the point that it's just, uh, like I said, groovy, gets your attention, gets you going. Um, you can't help but like kind of bob your head to it or head bang to it or, or whatever, you know, like that kind of effect, you know. So um, definitely enjoyed it much better than their previous uh, efforts. Um, and um, yeah, looking forward to any of the new releases or this new record that they're they're going to put out. Hopefully it has more of this kind of stuff, right? Um, yeah, what again, as well, just one last point. Very well produced. They're they're really on on point with their production uh, on this uh, on the songs that they've been releasing. Yeah, I'm with you on the production part, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, the the riffs as well. The the song structure is pretty good. Very modern metal sounding. Uh, you know, record very chunky riffs, very heavy. You know, it sounds very down tuned, if I'm not mistaken. They're probably uh, like they're they're probably an extended range band. I'm sure they use seven strings. Like yeah. uh, that, that's that's yeah, that's probably their jam. Okay, I mean yeah, I mean you definitely get that uh, from the, the the guitar tone and everything. Yeah. Uh, the singer is is wild. I, I like the vocals. Uh, strong performer. Very very strong. So yeah, I mean if you're into that modern metal, very modern metal, I'd say check these guys out. Absolutely. Callous Minds from Dubai, Lonely Paradise. Check it out. All right, next release here we have is, uh, okay, so uh, the artist, is he's a solo artist. His name is Dead Leaf. Um, he released a song called Complete Impermanence, and it features a vocalist that goes by the name of Failure Dead. All right? <laughs> a lot of interesting names going on there. But... Um, 
uh, so Deadleaf is usually some, you know, I've gone through his discography or through his back catalog. He's usually an instrumentalist, unless he collaborates with someone like he did here. But it's usually like solo instrumental kind of sounding, very heavily down tuned. He's he uses baritone guitars to down tune his the hell out of his you know guitars and everything like that. That's the kind of sound that he goes for. Um, very industrial sounding, very modern sounding. Um, so that's his vibe. That's his overall general vibe and sound. Um, so the song itself is not bad, okay? Um, it's a pretty good effort, and it's pretty... Uh, the, the riffs are chunky, the riffs are heavy and aggressive, and, and, and everything is done well. Um, it's just that I was really surprised by um, the lack of impact in the production itself. Um, it, it just felt, you know, for someone... I've, you know, I've, I follow him on Instagram, and I see, like, how, you know, the impact of the riffs that he does and... Um, the the strong riffs that he that he makes on all of that but the 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 production itself doesn't do it any favors unfortunately um it feels like it feels like this should have cooked a little bit longer in production and and kind of mixing uh, valley um to just bring those guitars a bit more forward um and and, and just make it a heavier more impactful mix that's all. Otherwise, you know, the song is is, is great. Uh, it's 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 well written and pretty aggressive. Uh, yeah, I kind of enjoyed this. Uh, to be honest, I thought uh, it was pretty interesting. It's not something you hear, uh, at least in my from my experience, it's not so, the type of music you hear coming out from this region. Uh, you know, the I like the the disgusting vocals, the the, the heavy riffs. I like the fact that it's not too polished uh, production-wise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, kind of reminded me of some old-school uh, industrial metal bands. Uh, so, because there are some like modern electronic uh, elements here and there. Uh, so yeah, overall, I, I thought it was a pretty interesting, interesting track. Yeah. No, absolutely interesting track. It's just that I feel like I wish. Those guitars were a bit more forward, a bit more. There's a bit more impact there. But otherwise, great track. Go check it out. Dead Leaf, Complete Impermanence, featuring Failure Dead. All right, next track here and final track we're gonna talk about for today. Local, post-hardcore band, License to Kill. The song is called Despair. Um, uh, great overall track. Okay, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, love, uh, you know, the, the really thing that stood out for me the most here is the way the track opens. Uh, I really like the, the, um, the, when I mean opens, I mean the part where he screams into the, vo the, the verse, right? Like the verse itself, like very strong, well-written. I, I really like, these are the strongest points for me in the song. However, um, you know, I don't mean to sound overly critical here, but there are parts in the song that feels like, first of all, production wise, it should have, you know, maybe been mixed a little bit better it should have been you know taking your time a little bit with listening to it and mixing it and the second thing is um the uh tightness of the performance there were some parts where you can hear that there are you know like there's just a lack of overall tightness um it needed another take there was some things that ended up on the song or being published that needed just another take um, to just make sure that it's tight and it fits. But, you know, otherwise, great effort, uh, great sound. Um, and, you know, I know that I said the 
you know, needed more time in production. But production-wise as well, mix-wise, it doesn't sound too bad. It's just that there are some parts here and there that, that needed more time, I guess. Um, yeah, well, what did you think of it, Mansoor? Uh, I thought it was all right. Uh, it, it, it didn't blow my mind. I like the musicianship and all of that. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a, it was a good effort to, uh, overall. Uh, Production-wise, yeah. I thought it was all right, too. I mean, it, uh, was, it didn't uh, blow my mind in that sense. But I do see potential in this, in this, uh, in this band, for sure. I would check yeah. out their other tracks, too. I mean, they only have one other track, and definitely yeah. they're improving. With every track they release, they've been getting better and better. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, I would recommend if you're into like this post-hardcore sound, um, you know, to go check out uh, "License to Kill uh, Despair." If you're gonna search them up on Spotify, make sure that you write L dot T dot K, so they show up for you. And with that, it is a wrap on music. That was a lot to go through. I feel like I've just went through a marathon, dude. <laughs> But yeah. um, in any case, uh, that was a lot of fun. So some good releases this week. Um, let's move on now to our main topic here. And I'm not sure what's going to happen, guys, but I'm looking forward to it. All right. So for our main topic this week, so uh, Mansoor picked this one. And it's a really interesting topic. So apparently... Um, uh, the general feeling that down uh, music festivals have been uh, relying on a lot of uh, legacy acts, right? On mm. um, legacy acts and you know older bands uh, in order to build uh, the kind of uh, lineup of bands. And then he says, Abdullah, I made an Excel sheet. And I, I want to share this. I want to talk about this Excel sheet. <laughs> yes, because this boomer knows how to use Excel. That's why. <laughs> it's like, it's like Abdul, Abdullah, why did we start this podcast? You know, I just, I want something to de-stress, you know, from work. And just looking at Excel sheets all day and doing reports. I just need something for me, Abdullah, okay? I just need something for me to do away from work, from desk. Anyways, here's an Excel sheet of breaking down why festivals are relying too much on <laughs> legacy acts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm going to hit you guys with an Excel sheet. A bunch of those too, actually. Oh, Mansoor, why don't you tell us? What, 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 what are we in for right now? I think, uh, you know, all I know is that this is the main topic. And all I know is that there's an Excel sheet. <laughs> What's going on here, dude? So this is so, so on metal. <laughs> it's so on metal. I'm taking you guys to nerd territory. Oh god. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the, basically, I've been hearing this a lot. Of, you know, we've been reading this a lot about how metal festivals are just relying too much on 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 legacy acts, as you said. Uh, so I decided to go on a bit of an uh, an analysis. Um, now let me preface this by saying it's very amateur very uh like a, it's a very quick uh, desktop research uh so i decided to play around with excel and see where, where it takes me so basically what i did was i, I looked at three different festivals in and in, in grass pop 
and and in Hellfest that takes place in France and Download Festival. Like the, the, these are some of the uh, biggest metal festivals around. Uh, now let me preface this by saying that again, it, I, I I looked at only the three main headlining acts from each festival since 2010. Okay, and the reason I went that far back is because in 2020 and 21, uh, you know, the metal festivals obviously were all canceled and put on hold because of, uh, you know, the, the situation back then, COVID yeah. and all. So uh, just to- I'm just going to say, like, in 2019, Within Temptation were headliners. Yeah, for some, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> At grass ball. That's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know if there's like a lot of within temptation fans, but like, anyways, anyways. All right, anyways. Yeah. So please go ahead. <laughs> so, so I compiled that, that as you the table here, and uh, I color coded every band from a specific decade. So the purple is the 70s, blue is for the 1980s, 1990s is red. The 2000s are green and the 2010s were uh, marked in yellow. So, So for example, Machine Head is a 1990s era band. Is that what? Is that correct? Okay. Because they came out in the 90s. Okay. Yeah, 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 it makes sense. Well, I mean, Slipknot, uh, here's here's another thing I need to, to, to quickly mention. Slipknot's first album came at the end of the 90s in 99. So, but they're, to me, they're. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not to get too uh, fussy about these things. I mean, wait, is it the, the untitled album? The first untitled album did that come out in um, in nineteen ninety? Nineteen ninety nine. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, but like, I mean, of course, they they're around since the mid nineties as an undertone. Yeah, they've been around for a while, but like, yeah, any whatever end of nineteen ninety nine, any, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I, I get your point. Okay, uh, so here's what I, I looked at. So from each decade, I looked at the number of bands that appeared from that decade and the total appearances they made and the, how, how many times they, they've played in the, in, as a main headlining act. So the main headlining act is always a selling point for every festival. So usually these festivals, they have like tons of bands playing, uh, different stages, you know, the more, uh, the bigger the band, the, the, you know, the, the more they get uh, a chance to play at the, at the bigger stage. And then you have uh, smaller stages for the more smaller acts. Um, okay. What we found, what I found was that uh, most of the bands, as you can see, were from the, the, the 70s and, and, and 80s and, and 90s. So there's a So a Grass here. Pop is, is which festival? This takes place where? I think Grass Pop takes place in Belgium, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. All right. Uh, but it's one of the bigger ones. Uh, but as you can see, a lot of the spots were occupied by bands like Aerosmith, uh, Scorpions, Black Sabbath, uh, Slipknot came a few times, Ozzy, uh, those kind of bands. So, yeah, I mean, you, the number of bands from that decade were pretty much there was a balance, I'd say, except for maybe the two thousands. There's less of the, those bands, but the how many times they've uh, they've played? I think you see uh, bands from the seventies and and in eighties make a larger appearance as repeat yeah. bands. 
So yeah. this is also... These are the people uh, some, with the purchasing power, I guess, right? Like the people that would come and see these bands are people with the purchasing power. Is that what yeah. it is, do you think? I mean, just because that's kind of the demographic you want to aim for, make sure that they, they come. Kind of. I mean, it makes sense. It would make sense that the older kind of metal fans would uh, would have more uh, purchasing power, if you will. Uh, so they could make, uh, so they could probably shell out to, to attend these festivals. But And they're not cheap, by the way, right? Like these festival tickets are not cheap. No, they're not. I mean, you get different packages, but if yeah. you if you want to uh, get a tent and stay and camp in those festivals, yeah, it comes with a with a pretty hefty yeah. uh, price tag. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you see bands from the two thousands like uh, Slipknot and Volbeat and those kind of bands. They make an appearance here uh, mm-hmm. a few times, but it's still less than the bands in the seven from the seventies and eighties and. The 90s, for some reason, is always like the the lowest, apart from the 2010s. Really? Yeah, so you get like uh, bands from the 90s, like Tool and System of Down, uh, Ramstein, or Ramstein. But those are, I feel like the ones with the most impact now. Like, although fine, they are the least represented, but yeah. those are the ones that I feel like would drive more. Um, again, but I'm speaking from a perspective of a kid that grew up in the '90s, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm a little bit biased, right? So, but I'm also biased because I feel like I'm, you know, when I talk to younger generation of metalheads on my Instagram and or we you know, when we follow each other, and I see them posting about their favorite bands from. Um, these older eras, they're always posting about Slipknot, they're always posting about Limp Bizkit, they're always posting about Deftones. So, uh, yeah, it's System of a Down, obviously, um, all these kind of bands, um, Static X. So, mm. like, it, to me, I feel like it, the 90s era music uh, the is, is the one that's, like, driving the most kind of impact or or getting the most uh, attention or the more it has the most marketing power to drive sales uh for these festivals but i I mean uh, but you see most of the bands are from uh you know the repeat bands are from the 80s and the 70s your aerosmiths your your black sabbaths your scorpions uh i made and all the all those bands keep on appearing in those festivals again and again and it's wild because like you see from the seven like it's it's just the percentages don't lie and but because these are just these are the headlines. people with the money these are literally isn't it isn't that it like like yeah, how much but, is a ticket like let's say like i want to buy a ticket to um uh let's say this is what this is hellfest yeah yeah i don't know how much they they cost i haven't looked at the the, the prices but it's crazy because um uh, I, look, the, at the end of the day, bands like those legacy bands like Iron Maiden and, and Sabbath, they can go on arena tours and sell out those tours on their own. Like they yeah. can fill out those kind of venues. Slipknot as well, Linkin Park as well, uh, back when, obviously, when they were active. Uh, but the newer acts, I don't know if that's the case. But if you look at Download Festival, this year they've uh, placed, uh, it's a, it, They've placed "Bring Me the Horizon" as one of the main headlining as the main headlining act on one of those days. Uh, they're trying to draw in a, like an, a more younger crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it speaks volumes 
about about the state of the, those festivals. But here's the thing: bands like we, we discussed Black Sabbath, they've uh, they they're no longer touring. Aerosmith, Kiss, uh, those kind of bands are now on their farewell tours. Um, I don't know how how long Iron Maiden will go on. Probably for. <coughs> Forever. Years, forever. <laughs> forever, probably. They're going to drag their, like, corpses on stage, like, with tubes attached. <laughs> like, make money, make money. For it. It's like there's someone in the back, like, operating, like, a joystick and buttons, like, just making <laughs> Bruce Dickinson, like, dance on stage. <laughs> oh, man. Like puppets yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, uh, so once those bands go away, maybe they'll make room for other uh, legacy acts like Tool or System of a Down or those type of bands. But yeah. <laughs> those bands don't tour that much anyway. Um, yeah. So it's just... Uh, but it's interesting as well to look at, for example, okay, so these are all predominantly European um, festivals. Yeah. Yeah, I would be interested to see American festivals. What, what, are they, what are they doing? Are they also like focusing on 80s bands? I feel like it's a very European thing to be focusing on like these kind of older 80s and, and 70s band like the Scorpions or Madresh or Iron Maiden. The thing is like with the European festivals, they try to accommodate uh, bands from different genres and different eras, especially the summer festivals. A lot of bands go uh, and tour those festivals because, you know, that's their bread and butter. They need, the, you know, the... It's, you, Metal is just bigger in Europe uh, than it yeah. is in the States. Uh, but if you take it, uh, you know, individually, country by country, maybe not. But as a, as a continent, as a region, it's, metal is definitely bigger in, in Europe. Uh, and and yeah. the States, I don't know the, what kind of uh, metal festivals. There was Ozfest. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I was just about to say, like, are there it's the, the, the recent festivals like when we were young and stuff like that? I do. I mean, they stopped Ozfest a long time ago. I think Notfest have happens uh, from time to time. I'm not yeah. too uh, yeah. familiar with. No, but no, no, the, <laughs> I just realized what just happened. No, there's literally a festival called When We Were Young. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's something like that. Or Sick New World. Isn't that another okay. festival? I I came that does sound familiar to yeah. me. Yeah. So these are like the only these are like the festivals that are kind of happening right now in in the states. And I wonder oh, cool. if they have that like 80s uh kind of influenced lineup. I don't think so. I remember looking at it it was all mainly like older like post rock, emo. Um, I mean I I just opened up the poster May 13th to May 13th 2023 Las Vegas Sick New World. Uh, I'm just going to quickly read up some of the lineup here. Yeah, it's a, dude, it's a European thing, okay? It's a European yeah. thing to look at like 80s metal bands and like 70s and, and whatever. So look at this. System of Down, Corn, Deftones, Incubus, Chevelle, Evanescence, Death Grips, Flyleaf, Mr. Bungle, uh, Cold Chamber, Skinny Puppy, Pod, P.O.D., uh, KMFDM, Soulfly, um, Lacuna Coil, Health, Melvin's, yeah, yeah. So mainly like '90s, you know, like it's not. It doesn't feel like it's. I mean, okay, Melvin's probably older than that, but like, but still, like it's very much like a '90s, um, you know, era dream for someone to attend. You know. 
Yeah, I mean, you have those kind of uh, uh, festivals, I think, in the States that are more genre-focused or sub-genre-focused. Like a lot of the bands that you mentioned that, that are playing there are very, I think, 2000s and uh, 90s and above, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think there's uh, any act from the 80s. You have more uh, uh, festivals that are focused on sub-genres, like Maryland Death Fest is one of them, which obviously yeah. is for death metal bands. Uh, in Europe, there's Roadburn Festival for like uh, more of the post-metal, uh, uh, you know, stoner type of acts, you know, all those yeah. type of uh, progressive kind of uh, metal bands. It's more underground, though. So yeah. you have all these little kind of specialized festivals as well. Uh, but the ones that I mentioned are supposed to be like... Uh, Uh, like the Download uh, Festival, Hellfest, all those kind of festivals are supposed to be like the bigger, more cream of the crop type of festivals that go on for yeah. days. Yeah, uh, and I, I guess also just to drive the point, maybe, again, like, because if you keep making festivals that are aimed at the younger audience, I don't think they'll sell because ticket prices have become prohibitively expensive. I mean, I was just looking at the prices for Hellfest. So Hellfest... Um, A general admission uh, ticket at Health Fest uh, is uh, 300 uh, pounds, 300 pounds, uh, British pounds. Hmm. And then if you want <coughs> um, uh, passes with camping, then this goes up to like 700 uh, pounds and things like that. Um, yeah, so that's like a vacation budget, right? For exactly, for, yeah. And imagine, like, if you're a kid, like you're 18 years old, or you're in college, like, unless you're well off or whatever, like, you're not going to be spending that kind of money, um, yeah. or barely. Like, you're going to barely get enough people that are spending that kind of money if you're just aiming at the younger audience. Um, Sick New World, the one, the, the gig that I was just the concert or the festival that I was just telling you about. That's also like similarly priced. The cheapest ticket, general admission ticket that you can get, which is now is on a waiting list is going to be $300. It's $279 or $280. But then you have like hotel packages, Madresh, blah, 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 VIP. Yeah, and that's not counting, of course, all the other money that you'll spend maybe in the festival with merch, yeah. uh, food, food and drinks, yeah. all of that stuff, you know. But it's interesting, download is more, fo it seems like based on this analysis, it's more focused on the uh, 2000s era. Yeah, so I feel like Download tried to, to draw in like a younger crowd. So that's why maybe they have Bring Me the Horizon as one of the bands uh, that are headlining this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, Slipknot's obviously a more uh, a more legacy type of legacy. They're pretty much a legacy act. Yeah, they're pretty point. much legacy at this point. Uh, but it was interesting at, at Hellfest, the only band from the, I think it was at Hellfest, the only band from the 2010s, was Ghost. They headlined uh, one oh. night. Uh, so they're the only band literally from the 2010s. Like, I, is there really no other band from that, from that decade that could, that could headline a festival? Because that, if that's the case, then that would be pretty sad. It'd be a sad state of affairs for, for metal. <laughs> 2010. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, what, what bands can headline festivals in 2010, like that started in the 10th? I don't know. Ghost, I think they can because they're, they're selling I mean, big venues. Yeah, uh, no, they, they definitely Other can. than that, I can't think of one I mean, band from that decade. 
There are modern bands that can do this. There's, there's a, okay, so Bring Me the I don't know when did Bring Me Horizon start. Did they start in 2010s? No, they yeah, they're 2000s. 2000s yeah. Um, there's another band called Blood Omen. Okay. But can uh, they headline a major festival like? Oh that? yeah, they can. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, they they can. No, it's not, they're not called Blood Omen. <laughs> bad Omen. Sorry. Uh, so oh. Bad Omen can can definitely um uh headline a festival for sure they've did like if you go look at their streams online they look at how popular they are like the amount of time their songs are used on tiktok and everything they are mm. huge so okay. definitely the one of those bands that you know you can definitely put them to headline a festival you know i think if sleep token gets bigger they'll they probably have a good chance of maybe sleep token because- that's a good example actually yes sleep token i think are already there um in the last episode we were talking i think i don't know if we talked about this in the last episode but yeah like they they're one of those bands that uh when they put up their tickets for sale like they immediately sold like hundreds what was it like tens of tens of thousands of tickets which was something like that yeah Wembley, kind of, man. They, they sold yeah. out Wembley, which is one of the bigger venues in, in the uk that's huge like imagine like a modern metal band uh doing that i mean obviously they're they're you know they they're able to do that because they're very accessible they're you know they're not very but i mean that's what it takes and you know they write good music catchy music and you know they're able to do it they're able to sell out uh venues like that yeah i mean uh i hope we get to see more bands from the last two decades headline but of course i mean it you know, it, it's still cool to see bands like Slipknot and those and System of a Down from the from the two thousands and you know nineties bands like Tool still going strong live. But the, when I was thinking about it, uh, what about like other genres like pop and hip hop? Uh, I think they have their own legacy acts, but usually with like pop acts, uh, they tend to headline like the bigger festivals in the states, like Coachella and those yeah. kind of festivals. Uh, but then I was thinking, the thing is, like with metal bands, uh, they can go on for longer because uh, it's a band. So if one member of the band dies, they can replace it with another member uh, and move on, like Slipknot did with, uh, you know, when their, when their bassist passed away. Bassist die, yeah. Yeah. And same with, uh, you know, uh, Kiss. Kiss, I think there are only two original members left. Uh, so metal bands can can uh, replace their all their parts and add new talent and continue on you know just what I mean? keep going yeah and keep going with like hip-hop acts you know if uh, most of them are solo acts so once they they die yeah. that's it i mean geez there are examples of metal bands that have none of the original <laughs> band members in them there's yeah. like there's a band called zao I don't know if you're familiar with them, but Zhao is one of those famous, infamously, like they, they, I think none of the original members are in Yeah, they death as well. None of the members there are original members. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's such a funny thing. Yeah. But, but in any case, Mansoor, thank you very much for this analysis. It's really, it, it created such a riveting conversation and, um, and it's an interesting thing to look at, honestly. It's just, it, yeah, I owe it. Like, it, my main takeaway from this is that Europeans love their older metal stuff and Americans love their, you know, 90s era, like, going up. 
um, kind of metal, and that you know, obviously because of the how how pricey the these tickets are, you know, they need to kind of target a specific type of audience. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe one day we'll see a festival in Saudi. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe we'll see like, like a festival. Bring back I'm, Desert Rock. Bring back Desert Rock. <laughs> bring back Desert Rock, please. Hmm. Actually, it'd be great if they bring back Desert Rock. I would, I would really like it. That's it for us today, Mansoor. I think um, uh, it was a riveting episode. A lot of thought-provoking conversations happened here. And I hope the five members of the audience that are listening agree with us. Uh, you guys need to remember that you can always email us at hate.mail at antishuffle.com. That's hate.mail at antishuffle.com. If you have any interesting piece of news that you want us to talk about, if you're a band with a demo or if you're a band with any kind of piece of news that you want to share with us, please don't be shy. Shoot us an email and send us that piece of news or whatever it is. You can also follow us on our social media stuff. We are available wherever. Not wherever, okay? We're available on certain platforms, okay? All you have to do is search for antishufflepod. That is at antishufflepod to find us Definitely. Uh, and with that being said this has been wonderful thank you guys for joining us please tune back in in the next episode share subscribe like and talk about us tell your friends about us tell your mom tell your dad and um, we will see you in the next episode I have been Abdullah also known as Muzaj and with me as always Mansoor see you next week thank you see you next week and stay against the shuffle. Masalam.